0: New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community, proudly supported by Umbrella Connect. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain. Uh, Joining me today, we have Paul Brislin. Welcome along, Paul. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Very well. Very well. It is unusual times again Um, (laughs) and again and again still. But uh, no, I think we're, uh, we're faring okay. Maybe you can remind listeners, will you fit into this big wide world of, of tech and telecommunications these days?
1: These days? Well, as of uh, about a month ago, I'm now the CEO of the Telecommunications Forum, which is the industry body that brings together all the telcos uh, at an operational level to try and figure out, you know how do we make 111 calling work? Uh, what do you do if you want to port numbers from one provider to number, another? All that kind of thing. So we are the uh, um, the uh, industry forum for sorting all the problems out, hopefully. Uh, and yes, it's it's been quite an interesting month to join. I can tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, lots going on. Well, we wanted to delve into a few things from a, a New Zealand perspective, and definitely uh, we, we let's have a look at, at some of the telecommunications side. There's uh, some interesting things going on with, with car tech, and uh, you know, some insane numbers with with how uh, Tesla seem to be uh, seem to be going. Um, so that's pretty pretty interesting to uh, to see. That you know the, the sales here. Uh, sort of off off the charts. So we'll we'll come back to to that one and how they're doing um, uh, how they're doing globally. Obviously, a big 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 facepalm for um, for uh, the folks <laughs> over at, at Facebook today. Um, totally. So uh, yeah, challenging position for uh, for them, and of course that impacts on. Well, well over a billion people, right? Because they're they're so totally. heavily used and and on many many millions of businesses. Um, Want to delve in a little bit about some of the things that uh, Netflix are doing um, and some um, potentially uh, some of the new the newest announcements from Amazon as well as yeah telecommunications. So yeah, first first up, I was uh, I was I was pretty um, I guess surprised really with with the latest sales from Tesla over a thousand uh vehicles sold into the uh the new zealand market uh just in the month of september and yeah when i don't know when when you when you think about where we were a few years ago and you know it'd be a handful of electric vehicles that were sold in a month uh you know this i guess speaks to how the tech you know electric vehicle technology is getting mainstream how Disruptive uh, Tesla are as a brand. I think uh, the, the next uh, brand after them is uh, the cars that are, or the, um, what do you call them? The uh, SUVs that are branded the MG. Uh, I think they had about 122 um, sales, and of course, totally. it's not not exactly the MG that we we all know, um, but it but it is that that same label, you know. And uh, I think it's been sol- well sold to to a Chinese company, so they're they're leveraging that. But a you know, really big gap, yeah. It's it's a it's a big stir up. And then on the global basis, we heard they were uh, over 240,000 vehicles uh, sold in the in the last quarter.
1: And, and I think if you look at the numbers, um, I mean, sales were really strong. I guess this is the, the COVID effect, right? You can't go on holiday. You can't do a lot of things. So uh, new car sales seem to have gone through the roof um, in, the last, uh, in the last quarter. Uh, but uh, sales, uh, according to the uh, Motor Industry Association, electric cars or electric cars in one form or another made up 21% of all sales. Uh, for new vehicles. Now, that's astounding, right? So you've got the obvious things like the the um, Outlander, the plug-in hybrid. You've got the Toyotas. They've got a whole range of hybrids these days as well. But we're really starting to see that shift away from uh, it's got to be uh, petrol-driven or, or diesel. Uh, it, much more mainstream now in terms of electric vehicles doing the job. And I think we're even starting to see the uh, the electric ute come along so those farmers who are sitting there saying this is outrageous, I, I, can't, uh, I can't use a Nissan Leaf to work on the farm, what are you all thinking? Even their day is coming, right? I, I think we'll start to see electrification of a lot more of this. You just look at the Ubco um, motorbikes, um, and they're revolutionizing um, uh, the, the, the two-wheeled industry. Four wheels are next, and I think it's fantastic. It's, it's high time we got stuck in.
0: Yeah, yeah, re- really pleasing and um you know clearly the the approach that Tesla um has has uh, has taken, you know, is res- starting to resonate with a broader audience. Um you know, it's still a uh probably a challenging price point for mm. uh you know for many uh markets, but yeah, when you I think the uh the General Motors sort of figures for their, you know their car sales, I saw uh, a figure a couple of media were were quoting um, and uh, they said, look, GM sales had come down by a third because of the supply chain issues, particularly well, particularly related to the chip shortage, pri- primarily. And they were they were down. Uh, I was about four hundred and forty-two thousand uh, mm. vehicles off off the top of my head there. And uh, you, sorry, four hundred and forty-seven thousand. Um, but you know, comparing that to uh, Tesla. Doing two hundred and forty-one thousand, that is not kind of what you expect for a, a very you know a young upstart uh, yeah. within the audio auto industry to be doing those those sorts of sales yet. Now, if we look at the the sort of bigger picture, um, we look across you know Toyota um, uh, and v, v, VW uh, Volkswagen, you know across their group of brands, um, then they they tend to do about ten million you know, vehicles, um, you know, each on on an annual basis. Um, So this, this, you know, is still a fair way for Tesla to go. Mm. Um, But, uh, you know, they're doing in a quarter, not a lot less than what they, uh, you know, not dramatically less than what they did in, all of 2019 so yeah. it's uh, it's very fast moving and uh you know really the the way they've approached their technology and how they're doing things they they really you know are quite disruptive and taking a very different approach to uh to to the sector
1: yeah totally and and when you consider as you say the price of them they're they're not uh, i don't think they any of them qualify for the uh the the clean rebate uh, model that's kicking in, but oh, the base still,
0: the base one does. Oh, um, the, the three. It's the has come yeah. down about twenty five percent since it's kind right. of peaked for the base model three. Um, so, so I think that's the that's sort of probably the big trigger. Yeah. Um, you can now you know pick up a, a model three for uh, a little bit over sixty thousand New Zealand dollars, including the rebate. Whereas those of you know the the base base model is you know probably peaked around eighty five thousand New Zealand. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that puts it you know, in, a, in a very, very similar price point to most of the other electric vehicles in the market. But, of course, you're buying a vehicle that gets regular software updates and improvements totally. um, over time, rather than being uh, something that, uh, you know, just devalues at the, at the same pace as a traditional um, vehicle. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, we're working out well for them. So uh, totally. we, we will see how the rest of it plays out. Um, I, I saw um, Rivian, uh, have gone into production with their electric, uh, with their electric truck, and are really getting or truck as they call it in the in the US. For you know, for us, um, I guess it's a it's a UTE or uh, an SUV, uh, depending on which uh, you know which which mm. variation that you go for. But you know, priced considerably, uh, you know, higher price points and most cases um but you know it looks like an, an attractive uh, product but we'll see how mm. you know how it takes them how long it takes them to sort of scale that uh scale that
1: business um yeah. there's certainly plenty of competition in the electric vehicle market there really um, is and and we're starting to see the traditionalists come back in a, a a big way um i think mercedes several of the others have all put a a finite finish point on when they're getting out of petrol cars entirely Uh, and and that's that's the trigger point you need, right? I don't think we would have got there quite so fast without Tesla uh, really challenging them in the luxury space. You know, there was always this perception. uh, I don't know if you think back to the when we were kids Paul that you'd you, you'd end up being in an electric car and it would be like a little shopping cart kind of thing that <laughs> wouldn't have much power and would have little stupid little wheels and it would make a funny noise and it, you'd you'd hark back to the glory days of the petrol car but instead we're actually demonstrating repeatedly that electric cars can be and are significantly better um, whether it's um, speed of acceleration or as you say the software updates, we're starting to get into a lot more self-drive capability. These are things that are all built off the back of changing the platform and changing the approach to cars. Uh, and I, it's an exciting time to be a driver. I think it's it's really uh, a fantastic opportunity to, to really redefine what what the car is and how it works, which is um, you know pretty much the, the name of the game these days
0: definitely uh, yeah i mean it's hu- huge changes but it seems to be the newer companies that are thinking about it and able to able to bring their their products to market that are markedly different than the yeah. you know the traditional vehicles and uh, you know we we've certainly seen that with with some of the chip shortages where you know some manufacturers are saying hey you know we're kind of held hostage we can't you know we can't do much now yeah. for uh, you know, quite a period of time um, because of the chip shortages, and uh, Tesla turns around and their their team recodes something, and uh, they put another chip in, and no, no, no problem. Um, yeah, and yeah. of course, they're reaching this um, this quarter or nearly quarter of a million, two hundred forty one thousand um, sales uh, with the factory in China, which is where all the New Zealand vehicles come from now. Um, and um, by most accounts are better built than the American ones mm. uh, which is is pretty interesting so they're, they're you know continually improving as they roll out uh, you know new facilities that how they how they produce the vehicles but they've got to two more factories kind of you know very very close uh, yeah, in yeah. terms of uh, Texas and um, and and the the one in Germany as well mm. so um, you can you can imagine um, you know, I don't know how far out it is, but um, you know, probably too not not too far out when they've got uh, that capacity to to do you know half a million uh, per quarter, you know, couple of million uh, vehicles. So, you it's know,
1: and, yeah. and
0: uh, you know, coming from a a, a base of, of nothing. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But mm. you know, I think the, those those references to uh, you know. Comparing the, the, the Teslas to sort of iPad on wheels, um, you know, talking uh, about them like a disruptor in the same way that the iPhone was to to the mobile market. Um, you know, a lot of those things, uh, um, you know, definitely apply. Um, yeah. how, how the market sort of shakes out in, uh, in five or 10 years is probably uh, reasonably hard to predict, um, but certainly... It's it's going to be very different, I think. So uh, it's it's exciting, uh, especially when you add in the the um, the autonomous type type elements, um, and and even if they're just you know to help on a safety front, we'll you know we'll see the realities. Um, still exciting. Now, looking at telecommunications, which is uh, very much your your field with uh, your your TCF uh, hat on, what are, what are the big areas that have sort of you know taken your attention over this first few weeks uh, mm. in the role as as uh, chief executive at the uh, telecommunications forum?
1: Well, it's uh, it's an interesting time. Uh, last time I was in the industry was probably uh, about eight years ago. Uh, and the the industry itself, the, the corporates um, for a large part, were really only just starting to come to terms with the new world order of fibre to the home. You know, telecom had been split in two. Um, they weren't really sure how it was all operating. There was a lot of infighting. There was a lot of... Fear and suspicion of the new world order—that's largely uh, disappeared. I'm very pleased to say there's a there's a huge uh, willingness to just get on and get things working, so that we can we can deliver service out to the to the customers and uh, and move on with our lives. Uh, and that came to a four in the first couple of days of of taking the job, because of course uh, we went straight into level four lockdown. So uh, the thing that struck me the most is. Uh, how much more we treat broadband in particular, but mobile as well, as an essential service these days rather than as a luxury item or a nice-to-have or ho-ho, you people over there with your technology. That's fine, but we're over here doing industry and we're captains of um, primary sector production and that's the future for New Zealand. That's that's largely uh, dissipating as... Um, you know, everybody went home. Life carried on for a lot of us, uh, pretty much uninterrupted. I just brought home all the monitors, set myself up here, and carried on as if uh, I was in an office. And for a good seventy percent of the population, that's uh, that's exactly what we've done, right? We've we've managed to uh, pick up our entire work lives and, and dump them at home. I mean, I'm well set up, right? I've I've got a home office. I've been doing this working from home malarkey for about twenty odd years now, on and off. Uh, I'm comfortable with it. For others, it, it wasn't quite so much plain sailing, but we're all able to do it. And uh, and I think the economic results have, have shown, you know, the, the idea that we'd, we'd have a long recession, we'd crawl out of it slowly, um, that certainly hasn't happened. And it's largely because we're all able to carry on working. I think, I, I don't know how they're doing it in places like Australia. You know, could you imagine trying to do all of this from home during lockdown uh, on DSL or even worse on dial-up, I mean, it would have been uh, an absolute nightmare. And yet around the world, that's very much the, the situation. So we've got, um, we've got uh, a, a lot to be um, very pleased about. Um, the industry, we were, we were briefing the minister twice a week to make sure that he understood um, where we were at in terms of capacity, um, where there were issues, and it became clear to me that yeah, th- this is now an essential service. It's not built to be an essential service, which is another problem. Uh, and it's certainly we aren't built out to the edges yet in order to um, you know make sure that everybody is covered. But eighty-seven uh, percent of the population can get fibre to the home, uh, and that's that is quite astounding in the in Australia. I don't think I think you're in single digits, um, maybe maybe nine or ten percent in the UK. It's it's about the same. It's about twelve to fifteen percent have fibre to the home. They have a lot of other fibre in the network, but not to the home. Um, we are screaming along, uh, and uh, I've just upgraded here from uh, paltry one gigabit per second to four gigabits per second because I could. Uh, and uh, when you tell your Australian colleagues this. Uh, they look at you horrified and think you've got your numbers wrong. Surely you mean 400 megabits a second. I go, no, I mean 4,000 uh, because it's, it's there in the street. It, we can do it. Uh, and, and I think we've, we, we're doing quite well on that front. The mobile space is, is equally as exciting. Uh, 99% coverage of the population by next year. Uh, well, the end of next year. Now we are slightly delayed with COVID. That's astounding, right? That's ninety-nine percent of the population can get a uh, mobile phone signal. Uh, now we've got to figure out all the the connecting lines. You know, the the black spots on the roads, um, where there are dropouts and that kind of thing. Uh, but we are very well served in terms of coverage uh, by three competing players. So, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, you know, and I mean
1: rain. Yeah,
0: that's right. And I mean the the um, the, the- in a current and and um, you know previous iteration uh, of the the current uh, you know government have um, you know certainly you know played into that with the mm-hmm. uh, investment in the um, black spot coverage and and uh, and so on the continuation I I guess of the work that you know started um, you know over a decade ago now. Um, on the on the ultra fast broadband and and the associated uh, rural broadband initiative, yeah. and uh, I think that's that's something that's really helped us as we've had um, you know different governments not throwing out what the previous government okay. did, yeah, um, really but, that, but that they've yeah. built on it, and that's probably is as one of the i guess one of the issues um that some other you know countries have seen yeah. or they just have a you know the government has decided to to do it on a piecemeal approach and uh you know that, that's probably partly the, the challenge in uh, in the u.s and um I, I guess in the. US you've got you know some things that are done on a on a nationwide basis some that are you know controlled at a state level mm-hmm. uh, and that brings in that brings in its own uh, its own complications it but really does it, uh, yeah. we, we, we I think we've be very very fortunate uh, here in New Zealand now um, we we were talking about before we started. Now you've kind of got this range of options between mm. um you know fiber, which you mentioned, you know, that's gonna be hitting eighty-seven percent of the population um by the time that's that's finished. Um and uh you know, mobile coverage, you know, ninety-nine uh, percent yeah. of the population. Uh, we've got uh, within the rural warmband initiative there's the um, um, the wireless internet service providers that uh, that provide um, a level of coverage um, but we've got something that's 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 come in from uh, you know from outside uh, which are these uh, satellite based uh, offerings and I mean look looking at what's out there um, it certainly seems as though uh, right now and I you know look I hope we'll see more, uh, more competition without completely ruining our night skies. Yeah. Um, but it, it looks as though, you know, SpaceX have, uh, have put themselves in a very good uh, position with Starlink. And we, we did talk about them, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, I've got, uh, got one sitting out outside uh, here that, uh, you know, that I've been trialing, um, you know, but of course it's, it's different connectivity for, uh, you know, it for is, different purposes is. and, and yeah. different localities. And, um, how how does the um the telecommunications sort of sector, you know, feel about this what I would say is sort of competition? Um and the the I guess the word I'm hearing from people, even the courier that delivered um the Starlink box to you know, to my place and you know residential Auckland uh, said, "Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 uh, I'm dropping off quite a few of these, mm, and yeah. um, I you know heard word from other people that are in in the sort of rural locations where this type of uh, tech is you know really seems to be uh, you know gathering." Uh, gathering steam very very quickly, yeah. and uh, they're they're just saying, oh yeah, the the couriers of um, you know say that they're delivering a mountain of these things. So there's going to be a bit of lost uh, market share to our local providers. Well, uh, potentially, get-
1: yeah, yeah, it, it's it's um, it's horses for courses, right? So uh, fiber um, gives you a massive uh, volume of traffic, um, very little contention, so you're not competing with your neighbours. Uh, for for your capacity, if you get a 1000 megabit connection, you get damn near 1000 megabits to the to the laptop. Uh, it depends on your home Wi Fi more than anything. But that is that is kind of the gold standard. Um, beyond that, uh, the, the outer reaches, if you like, where where the fiber reaches its its limits. Uh, you, you build out fixed wireless service, as you've said. Um, this is largely off the back of the mobile um, frequency ranges. So we're talking 4G, and soon it'll be 5G as well. Uh, that's almost a comparable speed, but um, you know it will suffer from congestion. If you have too many people on a cell site, the cell site shrinks, so you lose coverage at the ends. There are issues like this. Where satellite plays a part is the the layer beyond that again so we're talking about those really hard to build and deliver service to uh rural and remote locations and for that satellite is hands down the winner on the day uh, because new zealand is very wrinkly uh, it's full of water um it's very long and skinny so um running fiber cables uh and power sort power cables are the big issue right trying to power up a cell site or um uh, connect up an exchange in the middle of nowhere—it's a very costly business. Whereas the satellites, I mean, if you put up 1,700 satellites and some of them are looking down uh, into the valleys, then that's uh, by far the better way to deliver. So I don't see it as uh, competing. Uh, I see it as a, as an incredibly important part of the ecosystem uh, to make sure that we can reach out to those people who need telecommunications the most—you know, the the rural and remote customers who um need to be connected to uh to all the services that we're just taking for granted and i think satellite is by far the best answer for a lot of them um i, I do have questions around uh, uh quality of service um around um support because at the moment it's it's being treated very much as a, a self-install you know thousand bucks you get your box of gear right you've got to point it at a, uh, at the right satellites you've got to. And set it all up yourself. That's fine if you love that kind of thing as we do. Uh for a lot of customers that's that's not gonna work. Um we're, yes, we're installers
0: in the- I think installers will be you know will be uh needed and at the moment it's it's more the 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 enthusiasts. Totally. That's it you don't yeah. actually have to you don't have to point it too much. You have to give it some clear space. When I drop my one on the driveway, um, you know it was Probably about you we'll know do the whole thing, th- three we'll minutes. Drop, drop drop it on there, and then uh, you know plug yeah. it in, and you know internet within uh, certainly single di- single digit yeah. minutes. Um, if if I had uh, I you know I guess been familiar with it, um, you know you yeah you probably get it up and running within. You know, it's basically just sort of plug it in and oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, and go. But that's when it's that's just a temporary positioning, right? Know. Most people yeah. are going to need it uh, positioned somewhere sort of safe and solid, like on their roof. So yeah. you'll be thinking about it a bit like a Sky install, and yeah. I'm sure we will see either you know existing Sky or you know related sort of installers, um, you know, pick that up as a as a thing that they do have all the bits and pieces yeah, to get yeah, it attached yeah. so to your roof in
1: the in sure the right place all the tabling's in the right place for you yeah. So, yeah so yeah.
0: It's, it's a it's a bit more of a hassle it's a bit more money up front than the mm. other things but um, yeah as you say if you're not getting that good uh, results from the other sorts of connectivity uh, it is very totally. very nice yeah, to yeah. have that uh, have that option um, yep. and you know we'll see how it plays out in terms of you know contention still in um, Beta until I think sometime this month they're uh, they're turning off the um you know the, calling it beta yeah. um which uh, you know means we can hopefully expect a good service. I would in many ways prefer that they have uh, a local operation in New Zealand. Uh, yeah. We know they have you know a number of base stations that are that are physically located uh, here now, um, and those are uh, connected up through um, through Vocus. Orcon Group, as we understand they'll be called soon. Totally. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, this uh, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 really nice having that added into the mix, and we'll see what else comes from from other parts of the world.
1: Yeah. We'll get uh, Elon on the uh, on the board. I think um, we can find room for uh, Elon Musk to join the uh, the the telco forum. Um, I, I do have questions around um, service and support, as you say. So. Uh, where what's it doing about interoperability with the one 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 emergency calling service? Um, how does it guarantee um, uptime? If uh, you know, as as the rest of the industry has to, uh, if there are issues with um, electricity supply for the down stations for that kind of thing, you know there are a lot of uh, behind the scenes things that need to be nutted out if it's to be a comparable service. But as a as a bare bones um, his his internet to your house. Uh, in the middle of nowhere you know i think uh, satellite absolutely has a, a major role to play so yeah I think and as you say others coming on as well you know we'll we'll um we'll see just how many of these beasts end up in orbit right
0: yeah um yeah and i think you know there need to be some wisdom around where, where these things go they're not supported for business uses um you know business at this at this stage so uh, you know buyer beware on on that front i'm sure lots of them will be dropped in for uh, for business purposes and, uh you know things like spare parts and 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 local support as a challenge so uh, you know if something yeah. breaks and they need to send you a new part well you know it's it's coming on a, on an urgent uh, courier from california and yeah. uh, it's you know it's going to take more than a day or two so uh, oh, right. ba- based on people's experience so far but uh, you know, that's how it is um, now vaccine passports um, mm. you know this has sort of been been a, uh, a uh, contentious sort of you know area i think you know some people um you know don't don't like anything that sort of you know points towards you know blocking, cer- blocking certain yeah. people uh big brother type things kind of a you know a global id card and so on i i think i mean in fact you you were telling me about your experience with you know logging into the the government health portal and yeah. i mean the data's there around your vaccinations right now isn't it
1: That's right. They've got a um, a beta version of what the whole uh, website will look like. Uh, It was ludicrously easy. You you log in, it says, oh, you've not been here before, Um, put in your name, set up a password. Uh, We'll check your email address. So it it authorised through my email address. Uh, You could do it through RealMe, the the government mandated ID service, but I, I haven't got all of that set up. So straightforward with the email address. It said, great, put in your driver's license details. It checked all of those against um, uh, my existing health records because uh, I used the the driver's license's ID when I went in to get the jab in the first place. And there enough, sure, there it was. You've had two jabs. These were the dates you got them. Which deltoid did you get them in? Was it left or right? Uh, and um, congratulations, you're, you're all done. So uh, Anna gave me a QR code that I can um, uh, presumably for the app um, I'll have the ability to share the QR code uh, with anybody at the door of a venue or, um, you know, uh, 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 at the airport, wherever they are asking for proof of vaccination, I'll be able to share it with them. So, that I think is, um, is hugely uh, liberating, right? Once you're vaccinated, you will be able to go to places, travel. Uh, that, that will become essential. I mean, Air New Zealand's talking about it for international flights. I think they'll do the same for domestic travel. You'll start to see big venues saying, we can open if you're vaccinated, show us your vaccine um, passport. And then you'll get it for much as we do today at... um, uh, early childhood education centres they say you've got to show proof of vaccination before the kids can come along it'll just become part of life along with all the other vaccines that we've had over the years so uh, I, I think the sooner we can get it the sooner we can um, open up the borders and actually start to move around again and the sooner life can get back to uh, the new normal so I'm, I'm all for it I'm very pleased to see it works as smoothly as it does even though it's only in beta. Yeah
0: yeah look um, it's it's a re- it's a really interesting area. Um, as you've said that, I've uh, I've clicked through. I had a Realme login, so I've provided that. It asked me to go through that again to uh, to link it up. The first time, um, it's now asking for consent. Um, for my identity information to be shared with the Ministry of Health, um, it has sent me a message for a multi-factor um, authentication verification um, to my smartphone, which is probably a whole another area we might get into another day to do with yeah. uh, number porting challenges and uh, and things like that. Um, it says they're going to uh, to complete the sign up um i need to be 16 years or older um i'm not quite sure they specifically i'm presuming they highlight that to everyone um either either it's that or i'm just looking very young today um they don't have a camera on me i hope well they could be watching the live stream Um, and uh, they say they're going to search for my um, um you know national health or nhI um number so um yeah, so that's that's it's pretty uh, straightforward,
1: right? It's, it's, a, it is it's it's pretty exactly pretty what it says pretty, on the tin. It's, it's that's pretty all interesting.
0: It um, yeah. It's asking for um, an email address and a verification um, again. So um, you know that that's interesting that it wanted to uh, wanted to go through um, a new one, but it it looks like um, you know they've uh, they've worked worked through um, a pretty good process, and I know. That you know during this kind of window of, of time um, with COVID, there have you know been plenty of complaints around different bits and pieces of of technology. Probably the MIQ um, you know system yeah. um, has uh, you know has has got the most um, the most attention. Um, but what I, what I'm seeing is um, you know continuous improvement um, you know across yeah, the board exactly. and look this, this is this is uh, you know operating at a government level. And um, yeah, we would like certain things to move faster, but uh, yeah. I I, th- I think on a lot of fronts they're t- they're doing very well. I've got straight in um, just in these last uh, you know three minutes, and I can see that vaccination record for myself uh, on the on the screen there. Um, boom, you know, fantastic. And so well I done. guess yeah. you know that's uh, that that's probably just just about um, you know all you need in terms of being able to hey here's my you know here's my digital record I'm sure yeah. there'll be some variation in terms of the uh, the vaccine passport or vaccine record and I imagine they will they will name it in such a way that it doesn't uh, maybe doesn't offend uh, too many people that uh, don't yeah. don't like the, the passport term I see UK have kicked to the curb the approach of, of having a vaccine passport but you know you get a vaccine record and uh, you know a friend of mine's been backwards and forwards um, yeah. between uh, between the UK and uh, uh, and um, and and Europe re- EU recently, and you know no no problems. Just had to uh, show a little bit of proof, and and away he went. So mm. um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all, all moving forward, which is uh, which which is encu- encouraging. Um, Very good. Yes. Now we, we have to we can't uh, we can't leave the show without talking about uh, um, Facebook. So let's come to them. Ooh, in, what? Um, in,
1: I remember in, them.
0: Yeah. In just a minute. Um. But Netflix kind of caught my attention. Um. With with what they're doing, sort of you know, getting beyond their uh, their core, what we mm-hmm. what we know them for in terms of um, you know, basically, TV and TV shows and and movies, and of course you know, started out with. Um, with the dvd versions they've moved to to streaming and uh you know completely crushed disrupted and destroyed um certainly the competition in the uh in the the dvd market with uh with with streaming um but they have been very very much focused and you know we i guess you know have wondered oh are they going to let you get some of the new release stuff that you got to pay for on another channel no no they're just sticking to their knitting they're just doing what they do and yeah. they they're going to you know just keep focused on that and we've seen other services that are sort of dabbled with having a um you know subscription video on demand which is is the category that Netflix falls into or SVOD. um but then they've added sort of some paid content um but now uh Net, i mean netflix seems to be keeping with the subscription model um, but they bought into their first um, video game studio and uh, actually started rolling out, um, you know, some um, some some games um, in a couple of countries, and then. It looks like they might be they might be moving into other areas. Is this um, a good approach from from your 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 thinking for them? Is it going to um, you know help them grow, and is it going to help the consumer, or, or will they potentially dominate these other fields and um, you know kill
1: off competition? Well, it's yeah, that's always a concern, isn't it? No, I think it's it's for the company. It's a great move. Um, instead of trying to, um, uh, as you say, branch out into pay-per-view uh, and start charging people and take away that uh, that model that's worked so well for them, they'll take the model and apply it to a different industry. So getting into computer games, I mean, we've already seen the death of the uh, computer shop, the, the the gaming shop market. Uh, it's all delivered online, right? And if you've plugged in, you've got a, a 4K TV, you're all set up, ready to go. Why would you not also think about um, game game development, game boxes, uh, something sitting under the TV that lets you connect a controller up and away you go. So I think it's a fascinating move for them. Um, I don't think they're big enough to be a threat to Steam, which is the the big uh, gorilla in the market, um, the elephant in the room, if you will, that, that moved first with all of this, got out of game development, got into being a platform. Uh, they have their own foibles and their own issues, as, as all these things do. But I think... Uh, if, if Netflix plays its cards well, uh, there's definitely a niche for that mainstream, um, perhaps non-serious gamer, you know, the casual gamer who, who might want to log in and out periodically. And you're already starting to see this with some of the other platforms, of course. Um, Apple's played with it. Uh, you can now subscribe to Apple. Um, games as a as a category, and just play games on your phone and on your device. Um, potentially for Netflix, this brings it to the home computer, you know, the home TV market. Uh, so highly entertaining for uh, for them, uh, and of course they're also talking about branching out into other areas. And off the back of their very successful uh, Drive to Survive um, series, uh, there's the, somebody asked them uh, last week about um, Formula One uh, uh, as a franchise. Uh, and the answer was, well, we, we didn't bid at all last time it came up for rights, but you might want to keep an eye on what happens next. And I can well see them uh, getting stuck into um, uh, a franchise like Formula One or the Olympics or something concrete and finite that they can they can deliver to an audience without all the rest of uh, uh, the noise that goes with it. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, um, it's it's a good time to be disrupting the TV market in this way you know they've, they've done um, uh, dramas comedy uh, television uh, as as you've said uh, there's plenty of other scope there's news uh, there's uh, there's there's sport those are two sitters that are ripe for disruption so more power to them I say
0: yeah look I, I mean I find it I find it fascinating of course they've now got a good feel across their um, their their customer base Um, You know, who is interested in Formula One because they've had so much uh, content, you know, down that track that they've, they've, uh, you know, um, produced. There's the new um, Schumacher uh, documentary um, as as well as, you know, quite a bunch of content in there. So they would be very well positioned to understand what sort of an opportunity that would be. Uh, for them, and I'm I'm sure you know, like like others, they're looking how to create the most sticky relationship. Mm-hmm. On the on the flip side, I guess there's there's that aspect um, that concerns me a little bit, where you know these big companies that have got. You know, incredibly deep pockets um, can dominate so much that there becomes no more room for local competition. And so, you know, this is something we've wondered about with, say, our um, uh, retailers and our our supermarkets here in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, you know, when's Amazon coming, and are they going to, you know, completely, you know, crush everything else in the in the New Zealand market? Um, obviously, Netflix has kind of already done that in, uh, you know, in in streaming. Uh, in the New Zealand market, they have such huge and such big dominance. Uh, very, very hard to uh, to compete against them. And when you look at the market share they they have versus the competition, um, you know, look they're they're very much in the driver's seat. You could uh, you you could say. Um, yeah. And and so you know, as these global entities sort of you know come into local markets, um, you know, it just takes you know a, a mistake or two you know from from our existing our uh, brands be it that they're too slow they don't innovate Fast enough, um, they don't disrupt themselves, and you know. I guess this is this is probably uh, where, where I've been, uh, you know, occasionally critical of, um, you know, of Sky um, mm. in in years gone by. You know, I think they're uh, they're, they're they're playing uh, they're playing a bit better, um, you know, currently, and um, you know, all all the best to uh, you know to how they go. Um, but there, there does seem to be um, a risk, and it's and it's. It's going to continue to uh, to get get harder, and we'll see how it plays out in uh, in other fields. But that's kind of, I guess, I see a, a bit of the flip side. Oh, nice. And um, you know, the, from a from a customer perspective, very nice if you can just go to one company, get it all, get it all oh, for a reasonable price. Yeah. Um, of course, what tends to happen is the prices go up, and we've already yeah. seen Netflix increase uh, their prices, uh, you know, a reasonable chunk since they've mm. uh, you know since they've come into the New Zealand market um and so yeah i'm 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 kind of curious how it uh, how it plays out it certainly be something that that we keep watching and of course many of us have got subscriptions across a whole lot of services now so I'm looking
1: at them here you know. i've got half a dozen um you know it's, it's yeah maybe one or two would be quite nice but uh yeah 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 to your point when you give them the power then they start to tighten up the screws and that that becomes a problem
0: yeah, and, uh, you know, I guess it's partly my same concern with the likes of, of Starlink and other international players in the telecommunications market, um, you know, getting it right in terms of regulation for them to be able to operate, uh, you know, what does it mean, the you know, more New Zealand, you know, income from from Kiwis going off to international players uh, rather than going into, um, you know, putting money into into local-based companies. And we have thousands of people across the telecommunications sector uh, here in New Zealand. Uh, And it's great to know that, you know, a chunk of uh, a good chunk of what we spend goes right back into the local economy, cool. um, but of course, with with the likes of Starlink, uh, most of that money is going to go a long way away. And um, yes, we get we do get some benefits of it, um, but it is uh, it is very you know very different. And uh, I guess you know some of these things, it's, it's just going to be natural that they're going to have to uh, be big global companies that do it, like what we're seeing from you know the AWSs and and, yeah. and Microsofts in terms there um you know hyper hyperscale uh, cloud services um pretty hard to get an equivalent elsewhere um so we have um facebooks i don't know i was He's gonna broke. call it their big face palm today um <laughs> what uh, what a what a shambles uh what a complete shambles. of what six hours or so
1: yeah uh at prime time in the US as well, so it wasn't uh, wasn't um, uh, limited to just a few Kiwis who couldn't get online, and uh, not just Facebook itself, but also Instagram and WhatsApp, totally offline, totally inaccessible, inaccessible for, as you say, six or seven hours, which in in internet terms is you know it's like dog years, right? It's a very long time, uh, and and a and a self goal, an own goal. You know they uh, they appear to have. Um, taken themselves off the internet and made it impossible for uh, anybody to see them to such an extent that um, Facebook, of course, being very um, cocky, uh, I'm I'm reliably informed that Facebook staff used Facebook as a communications tool within the company, so they couldn't email each other. And then on top of that, they actually used Facebook as their ID um, card management tool, so they couldn't get access to the servers in order to reboot anything, so... Uh, um, red faces and egg on the face all the way around. Uh, It's cost, uh, what, six or seven US billion dollars overnight. The share price has come down. That'll bounce back, I'm sure. But it's a pure indication of just the breadth and depth of this company's uh, reach these days into everything from Small business trying to advertise their wares, right through to people staying in touch with family, all the way through to um, ad tech at its at its most extreme, uh, and um, to have all of it pulled offline. I think it, it really does demonstrate just the scale of the company and uh, and the potential. Uh, you, you know, you talked about worrying about Netflix. Well, I'm, I'm much more worried about Facebook dominating so many areas of life, I think it'll be a wake up call for a number of regulators around the world to say, well, we might need to have a much closer look at the way this company operates, and just what, uh, what we've what power we've given them to, uh, to control um, huge aspects of everybody's lives.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's true that they, uh, you know, they they are used by so many people. There's so much reliance on them, and uh, you know, this was uh, well, it keeps being made obvious to me. Um, in, in varying ways, and you know, I, I will sometimes warn uh, people I talk to who are maybe heavily reliant on Facebook for uh, for their businesses, totally. um, As to as to how you know d- dangerous that uh, that can be, um, you know, I've had um, three people I can think of in particular who have had really major issues um, with with. Uh, their business because of mistakes made in relation to um facebook and these aren't necessarily facebook uh issues that you can uh you know put all the blame on facebook for but if uh you know if you get banned from facebook if you do you know xyz and you lose access to your account um if you don't have multi-factor well the implications of of this when your account gets compromised or or you get booted off the platform um is yeah it doesn't it doesn't really line up and facebook lacks the um um i mean we've seen today that they obviously have some some shortcomings in their own um business <laughs> continuity which look yes. that's the case for every single organization on the planet you can't account for every single thing that will happen no. there will be unexpected things um, you know, this one is really embarrassing for them um because of you know just just how big it is. Um but uh you know when when for instance um friend of mine uh, Paul Russell, he uh he used to be in a in a in a kiwi band called uh, Supergroove as, as their drummer. Um he's done a lot of stuff with uh Shefu and and has uh you know had his own bands over the years. Um his uh his 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 new band uh, Midwave Breaks, they were getting uh ready to do a um uh, a tour new music and so on and his account got hacked and we've been working with um you know with some help from facebook but they didn't have any way to to roll him back to how it was before the hack um so he might have got back to his account but then you've got uh, varying kind of ad accounts and way to run your ways to run your ads and so on and um They just don't seem to be the the mechanisms to to go back to a particular date uh, on those things, which if it was any other area of technology, you know, um, that a business relies on, um, you know, people would be up in arms. But, you know, there's there's no one you can call at Facebook. Um, You know, it it it, is very much sort of talk to the hand. Um, you know, when it comes to Facebook, and it seems like they've kind of done that to themselves on this occasion. Um, they've been speaking to their own hand um, because they, the, you know, their um, the way they sort of lock them lock themselves out here um, has. Um, yeah really really mess things up and yeah. yeah i don't think we should we should underestimate the the impact that it has um particularly on those sort of you know smaller, yeah, totally. smaller business yeah. owners yeah. Who, who rely on uh you know on facebook as the entry into their business and you know certainly i've uh, you know uh, talk to business owners who their online presence is facebook there's not a yeah. website yeah. there's, there's not an email address no. it's just facebook yeah um so if facebook goes down or facebook kicks them to the curb um you know, sorry, yeah, yeah. they, they, they yeah. no longer have a business. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, so uh, this this one's definitely very much on the on the shocking end of the scale for me, Paul.
1: Oh, uh, it really is, and and you're quite right, especially here in New Zealand at the moment, where we've got. Um, I was thinking about Instagram. A lot of the cafes and restaurants around town use Instagram as their web page. And if Instagram's not around, um, you've got you, you can't even ring them. You know, there's there's no way for them to communicate with customers. And during a lockdown period, that's that's the end of the line. I, that's that's yet another nail in the coffin, and that makes life very difficult for for small business. But uh, much like you, I've I've advised custom uh, clients in the past uh, not to put all your eggs in one basket. You want to have control over your own channels to market. And unfortunately, until Facebook grows up a little bit and actually spends some of its um, untold profits on customer support, uh, that's that's just not a viable channel, um, certainly not as your only channel to market. And I think, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would be expecting to see a lot of the regulators around the world saying, well, hold on a second. What have we done here? This is, um, this is giving you too much power to one company to to really control huge chunks of our economy. And that's that's a real problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, in some ways you can compare it to what if all email went through one company, you had no choice of any other providers. Yeah. You know the, and and it's a bit like that with with facebook and in fact some would some would argue that actually their their power is is, yeah. is more so yeah uh, than there being just one company that controls uh, all all email um before we finish up did want to mention um amazon have um last week and announced you know made a, a bunch of announcements um you know a smart Thermostat that uh, I guess will will compete with what Nest have been doing in that space. Um, they've got a robot coming. They've got a a, a wall mountable uh, variant of their uh, uh, their Echo Show sort of smart speaker and screen. A whole range of basically different uh, gadgets and, and including a, a Fitbit sort of style. Um, or lookalike type wearable, so there's there's a there's a bunch of things coming through there, and you know some of what gets announced comes through into the New Zealand market. We still don't have that probably complete sort of level level playing field, but I think uh, you know Amazon are doing a, a better and better job at making what's available. Uh, in the U.S. available into, uh, into the New Zealand um, market. Um, and on the Google side, uh, we've had their recent announcements on uh, a bunch of new uh, Nest products as well. Um, so, you know, security cameras and, um, you know, doorbell and those sorts of things. So across those two, um, we'll have hands-on uh, some of that over the next little while, and uh, we'll delve into uh, a bit of detail in terms of the, uh, uh, the hands-on experience there. Paul, anything else you wanted to uh, add before we uh, before we finish off the New Zealand Tech podcast this week?
1: No, I think that's that's probably good, and that's that's enough trouble to cause for one day, don't you? Think?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and where should people look to uh, to find find you uh, find you online?
1: Well, I, I avoid Facebook like a like a, a vengeance, so don't look for me there. But on Twitter, <laughs> I'm I'm always on there at uh, Paul Brislin is the handle. Um, or you can talk to the TCF directly at TCFNZ. Excellent. Well, thanks very much. Thanks, uh, Paul, for your
0: contributions today. It's been fantastic. Uh, always enjoy hearing your your opinions, especially when we don't agree on stuff, which uh, <laughs> certainly happens from time time to time. Yeah, all all the best with the new role at uh, uh, TCF. I think that's uh, that's really cool, and we'll look out for you ac- across all sorts of media where you tend to uh, appear as well. So uh, yeah, great uh, great to have you you know, contributing to to the sector here in, in New Zealand with those insights. And, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening in. You can, of course, find us across most social media channels, uh, NZ Tech Podcast, uh, and probably the best way, if you're interested in joining in on the live streams, um, they do most weeks land on Twitter, although we've a little bit of a, a breakage since Twitter have, have uh, got rid of their periscope uh, functionality that doesn't seem as as stable most weeks we're on facebook apparently the stream actually has worked even though our streaming platform um had indicated that there was there were still api issues with facebook but uh linkedin seems to be sort of the um the best place there um a lot of the time and uh, and of course we're on uh on the staple that is YouTube. So, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, and we will look forward to catching you again next time. All right, see you later. New Zealand's Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community. Proudly supported by Umbrella Connect.